What's going on, everybody? And finally, welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, in the dog pound, the Iceman himself, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Uh, feeling a bit cool. The weather is, uh, you know, on a downturn <laughs> right now. Winter's coming, but uh, basketball is finally here. I was expecting you to do, like, uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger freeze impersonation there, you know? <laughs> I Save messed it for up. Next time. We should we should definitely restart yeah. the podcast now, or just edit no. this part out. I'll set you. I'll, no, no, I'm gonna set you up at a at a later date, undisclosed. So then we'll test it. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll be ready. Yeah, good man. The banger in the paint, a residential medical expert, Rajan Valya. How are you feeling? Man, it's uh, already October. We're what like a few weeks away from the start of the NBA season, and uh, we're approaching fantasy basketball season. And I need some redemption. So. <laughs> for which league both there you go that's the right answer it might help to actually play your players this year just saying I, I think that's the key that's the key wow playing games help. helps wow I didn't know that imagine that when does the season start like October 19th 17th somewhere around 21st there. somewhere around there. yeah somewhere around there third week before Halloween before Halloween I usually remember uh, when I was in like middle school, I would come home from trick or treating to watch NBA games, and I was like, "Man, this is the life!" <laughs> Going out and getting free candy, and then coming home to watch like Darvin Ham on the Washington Wizards. <laughs> what, a, what a time! You can start doing that again now that you have a kid, right? You just have the kid go door to door once he's obviously walking and able to, or if you really want to start scamming before he's able to do that, you can definitely do that too. Oh. A hundred percent. We're going this year. Oh, okay. Well, there you I go. I told Vic already. I'm going to be that dad who stands at the edge of the driveway with a beer. She can go up with it holding the baby and I'm just going to chill. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> you going to dress up too? Yeah, I'm going to put on my Chauncey Billups jersey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> put on a little bandana. <laughs> act like it's 2007 all over again. Do rag. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't go man. too far don't go too far there <laughs> yeah there's levels to this i'll just put on a fitted yeah okay. oh boy all right let's get started guys we're doing our over unders we're doing the eastern conference and to start off we'll start in alphabetical order again i like that from last week we're starting with the atlanta hawks you lost uh big players like gorgie dang danilo gallinari kevin knox Ooh, big big stuff and obviously kevin herter who's gone to my playoff bound sacramento kings guys uh, who did they bring in? I guess they brought in, aside from Rudy, aside from Donovan Mitchell, maybe the third biggest acquisition of the summer, DeJounte Murray was brought in. Uh, we're looking at other guys like Justin, Justin and Aaron Holiday. Oof. Brothers are back, guys. That's all I got. That's all I got for major acquisitions. We're looking at 45 and a half wins. Uh, Josh, start us off. Over, under for 45 and a half with the Hawks. <sighs> This one's one of the tougher ones, honestly, because you could go either way based on how you think they're going to start off the season, especially because obviously Trey Young is an offense all to himself, but they have to figure out how to fit DeJounte into that because he's not a very good spot up shooter, but he's going to be the guy leading the second unit. He's going to be the guy running secondary pick and rolls in the first unit. And it really depends on a lot of what you think of what they're going to do at the trade deadline too, right? Because John Collins is always in trade rumors, obviously. Clint Capella is going into his last year of his contract. 
and they have a guy slated to replace him in Okongwu, right? So can they get any value for him? Do they want to? Do they want to keep him? There's a lot of moving parts in this, and it's a really, really difficult um, over-under. And I'm not going to bitch out, so I'm going to say they're going to go over because I believe that they have the requisite talent to do so. All right, I appreciate that. That's a good, well-thought-out answer. It's not just like, oh, I, you know... Clint Capella has stone hands, so they're going to lose, you know? Yeah, Who said that? Right, yeah. Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? He does have stone hands. I'm not going to back down from that. But uh, <laughs> to, to answer your question, Peter, I think it all comes down to DeAndre Hunter's health. Um, if he's able to play 65, 60 to 65 games, I think they're going to hit the over. Um, but last year, he was in and out of the lineup, mostly out. Uh, and they don't really have that much wing depth. And uh, for a team that, like Josh mentioned, they probably will make another trade given uh, their situation with John Collins and Quinn Capella and uh, some of their front court depth. Uh, but uh, to put a, put a number on it, I actually think that DeAndre Hunter won't stay healthy. And I think they have pretty much a repeat of last year. So I'm going to say they go exactly 45 wins. So they go half a win under their win total and Vegas gets it right again. I mean, Vegas always gets it right. I'm going to go... You know what? I'm going to go with Josh on this one and go over just because I... This DeJounte Murray move, man. They gave up, like, barely anything for the guy, and he's a winning player. Just watch. I think he's hungry. He's going to prove a lot, and he's going to... Like, that defense? Woo! Yeah. If you have, like, a healthy DeAndre Hunter with DeJounte Murray, and assuming Clint Capella is, you know, playing well? Woo! Ooh, and they might move John Collins for something because, you know, John Collins hasn't been happy in Atlanta for a couple of years now. I, I might be on this train, man. I might I might buy in on the Hawks hard. But, but the question is, we haven't seen how well, obviously, DeJounte Murray is going to play off the ball because Trey's still going to have the ball in his hands most of the time. He's going to run the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Having Murray on the court makes it so that they're going to not play uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich as much because you're assuming the lineup is going to be Murray, Trey, Hunter, John Collins, Quinn Capella. Like I, I don't know if that's a yeah a good enough balanced backcourt. Like I, I don't trust Murray without the ball. Like with the ball, he's great. He's gonna like do wonders for this team but i really have question marks about how that backcourt's gonna work because they're both so ball dominant yeah i think that uh Dejounte murray ran the fourth most pick and rolls out of anybody in the entire league last year so he's not going to be at that level obviously but I, I think the roles sort of fit more as long as they don't have a lot of injuries versus last year where their team they had a lot of good players in their team especially on the bench but there was too many guys right and this year, going into things with Bogdan Bogdanovich coming off the bench as a sixth man, which makes a lot of sense. But, um, you know, coming off the bench, they are a bit thin, but their starting lineup is so good that as long as they stay healthy, um, they should be okay. I mean, you got Okongwu coming off the bench as well. Jalen Johnson's finally going to get a shot to actually play, where he didn't last year, and he was like one of the Summer League stars the year before. Didn't even get any run last year. So they have a lot of questions off the bench, obviously, but... Again, if their starters are healthy, you would think that 
them being 26 in defense last year is going to go up a little bit. And they were second. <laughs> they were second in offense with a team that was like consistently injured, right? And you would think that Dejounte Murray can just run that second unit with Bogdan. So you think they're going to be top five at least in offense. So if they can get a bit of a bump in defense with Dejounte coming in, and the role is being more defined, I think that this team can win between forty-five and fifty games. Why not? <laughs> they were twenty-six in defense. My God. Yep. No, I'm definitely bought in on this over with Dejounte on this team. Jesus Christ, man, that's brutal. Okay, shall we move on, my friends? Uh, let's go to the Boston Celtics. They've uh, had an interesting couple of weeks here. We're talking about moving. Uh, I mean, realistically, they lost Daniel Tice. Whoop de do. They brought in Malcolm Brogdon, the president. Danilo Gallinari, who was hurt in Eurobasket, and uh, Yo Rush, Jake Lehman. Remember Jake Lehman? Journeyman. And he's on the Celtics now. Journeyman. Yeah, who cares? Nobody really cares about Jake Lehman. Let's be real. But obviously, they lost Ime Udoka for, you know, issues that we all know about or have read about, have heard about. I don't want to get into that. But you have to mention that they did lose their head coach, right? The guy who brought them, who led this team to the finals last year, along with obviously superstars Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. How do you, as a team, you know, how do you really rally from that? Their over-under is 53 and a half. Raj, uh, yes? Maybe? Yeah, the talent-wise, they can easily win more than 54 games. Uh, this team, again, they have five very good starters. Uh, they just got a lot of experience this last playoff run. And I, I think the team is more or less unchanged. Daniel Tice was not really a big contributing factor. And I can see Robert Williams having a bigger role in a regular season. And I think they're going to try to maintain his health, uh, make sure that he's not playing like all the games, making sure his knees are good because uh, they'll need him in the playoffs. I, I think they're going to go probably one or two wins under. I think they'll go 51 wins uh, just because that coaching inconsistency. I think they'll end up resting Tatum and Brown. And I, I still think 51 wins gives them a good enough shot of being a top four team in the East. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, for me, it's a regular season and you got to factor in, you know, they've already had two major injuries and their bench is pretty thin. And you have Malcolm Brogdon as your sixth man. Who's not a you know a case of great health, obviously, and uh, you would figure at least one of their starters. I mean, Horford's probably not going to play more than seventy games. You would think, right? He's probably going to play between sixty and seventy, and then behind him, hell no, Blake. I mean, if he's lucky, right? You'll have Blake Griffin and uh, that white guy, uh, Cornette. Yeah, and he's already injured. <laughs> so if Al Horford misses any extended time. You're going to have a third stringer, basically, in there. And obviously, you can just play Grant Williams, I guess, too. But he's six foot seven, yeah. So, they're going to have to... he got a booty, man. He's got booty. That is for sure. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I saw today that they started uh, Derek White, which is a pretty smart move, in my opinion. Oh. And they have Jason Tatum playing the four um, with Al Horford at the five. But their depth over the course of the season does worry me. This team is obviously super talented, but um, I'm going to say injuries will hit them like every other team. And, you know, they'll be at around the 50 range. 
Wow, as if we all agree on the Boston Celtics. That's surprising. I was also going to go under, mainly because they lost Ime Udoka and Danilo Gallinari before the season started. Cornette, obviously, you mentioned Josh. Obviously not the biggest name, but they were kind of high on him going into training camp, right? So to have him already down is a big loss. But yo, losing your head coach is, is rough. I don't care like how strong of a core you have, but losing your head coach is... That's not great. It's not a good look. No, I don't even think it's going to matter that much over the course of the regular season. The playoff, I think it's going to matter a lot in the playoffs because, you know, he obviously hasn't been the head coach in that type of environment. But during the regular season, the Robert Williams injury is going to factor in the most because I don't think he's going to play for a very, very long time. I think they totally screwed up last playoffs and playing him. At some point, you got to tell the player sort of like what's happening in the NFL right now. Like, you're just not going out there, you know? Like <laughs> they're not doing that in the NFL though. So like it seems like they're going to, yeah. It seems like they made a rule yesterday no. after like, you know, deliberating for 12 hours after all those injuries happened. But anyways, beyond that point, you no. know, Robert Williams his knee is all kinds of messed up and they're going to be very careful with him and because he's not able to play, you're either going to have to overextend Horford or again sit out Horford and play somebody who's not very good. So that's the main reason why I think they're going to go under. Um, well, firstly, I'm not giving any credit to the NFL here. You know, we are not saying that the NFL is doing some justice by sitting a player because he's concussed. Congratulations. Doing the right thing in the NFL sometimes don't go hand in hand. Yeah. Ask Ray Rice. Uh, but secondly, how long is Robert Williams out for? A couple of months, right? It went from like, four to six break? weeks to six to eight weeks until he returns to basketball activities, which means running. So yeah, I don't think he's back great. for a long time. And even when he does come back, who's to say he's healthy, right? So the new year at the earliest is what we're looking at. Yeah. For Robert Williams. At the, at the earliest. Yeah, yeah. And that might just be, you know, scrimmaging, running fives, playing in the G League for a bit, I'm assuming, like everyone else who comes back from a major injury just to get their just to get the rust off. Yeah, it's not great. Not great, guys. Surprisingly the Boston Celtics. Um, they actually have the highest over-under in the East. Wow. Well, so, yeah. Do you play off run? Yeah, I mean, keep that in mind when you're looking at teams like Philadelphia or Milwaukee, right? So, have fun with that, my friends. Let's move on. We're going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Also a team uh, riddled with strange off-season drama, I want to say. Uh, so, we lost guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, boo-hoo. Bruce Brown, legitimately a boohoo. Uh, Andre Drummond, eh. Goran Dragic, eh. Blake Griffin went to the seas, eh. Brought in guys like Markeith Morris, who had a hilarious line about Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren. Oh, yeah, and they kept Kyrie and KD. So, you know, that's, that's kind of fun. They kept their coach. They kept Sean Marks as well. So, uh, I mean, good for the Nets. 50 and a half. Uh, I'll take this one first. I'm going over. I think that this team has, uh, like, like a we- in a weird way, a lot to prove. And they brought in some decent role guys. If Royce O'Neal... Sorry. If Royce O'Neal... Like, guys like Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren are decent, I'd like the over for this. 50 is not that much, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the extenuating circumstances around this team, right? Like, it all depends on if Ben Simmons actually decides to play basketball. 
And if Kyrie Irving decides also just to play basketball and not be an idiot off the court, which leads to him not showing up to work. So this one's a really tough one, honestly. I'm going to take the under because I just don't believe they're going to bring it all together. Something stupid is going to happen because it always happens with this team. And there's, you know, all these guys are not known for playing regular season games. I like what they did in the offseason, honestly. But um, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, surprisingly, I wholeheartedly agree with Josh. I think they swapped out some of their retirement players and brought in players who have a bit more defensive steel. Uh, a lot of versatile players. Obviously, TJ Warren hadn't played last year, so I don't know if you can expect all that much from him. I, I think the biggest question is how how many of these best players are going to play 65-plus games? And just looking statistically, Kyrie has injury issues. Kyrie has issues off the court. Um, no, no, Kyrie's good, man. It's a contract year. Kyrie's coming back, and he's going to play, and he's going to play and like be very coachable just because he wants that bag. He needs another payday. But he's going to get paid regardless. I guarantee it. He's going to get paid regardless. He won't get paid. Kyrie had zero options this offseason and admitted to it. That's how you know the guy, like, he's, he, I don't think he had, like, an awakening, but he realizes where he stands in the league. We'll see. But again, injuries, Joe Harris is coming back. Um, will he be the same player? KD has injury concerns. Like, Ben Simmons, does he still like basketball? Can he handle pressure? Like, there's so many question marks about this team that if you hope that everything aligns, best case scenario, they win 56 games. But there's so much that can go wrong that I'm taking the under. How, how could I forget Ben Simmons, who had a, a stellar performance on the JJ Reddick podcast? Yep. Just blamed everybody else but himself. I like he it. He prepped a year for it, so <laughs> I'm sure he had. Yeah, a- man, he's gonna come. He's coming back. He got paid last year. He got paid by the, the by the 76ers. They bailed his ass out. Yo, he's coming, man. I'm surprised we'll we still have all in the on details the of that uh, whole debacle, right? Because he did get paid out, but it was an undisclosed amount, and that's gonna matter in the next CBA negotiations for the next players who try this nonsense. Um, but. On the court. They can't question it, man. They can't They can't question like mental health issues. What are you going to do? Say the guy's therapist is wrong? No. Come on, man. Yeah, but there's a lot surrounding a... that. That, you know, he was just sitting out just because of the situation, right? Like, I think everyone knows that. And based on how he acted in the first part of the year, he made it seem that way. But going back to the on-court stuff, I am very interested to see what they do with Ben Simmons at the four to start off the game, because it seems like they're going to start him at the four and then start Claxton at the five, and both are non-shooting guys. But Simmons moves around the court really well, and I can see that working against a lot of teams, and then you play Simmons at the five, I think, to close out against the better teams in the NBA. And when you do that, you wonder if they're able to switch effectively and just sort of hide Kyrie, I suppose. So they have a really good closing five, I think. If you put Simmons at the five, and then hypothetically if TJ Warren ever comes back, then he could definitely slot in there as well. Yeah, so so there's their closing five would be Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, I'm assuming Joe Harris, or would you have Seth Curry there? Both. Both. So you're gonna have okay, then you're playing no defense. 
Hey man, with Whoa, that lineup, no who defense? needs to play defense? <laughs> yeah, why are you wait? Why are you saying no defense with KD and Ben Simmons and Joe Harris? Yeah, but Joe I wouldn't Harris put Joe Harris in that category. Yeah, Joe Harris is like a, a a moderate defender. He's not like great, but he's like an average defender. Yeah, but any team with a bit of size will just cr- like not like height, but size will just. Yo, on the boards, like. Don't worry. Remember, remember when Kyrie said he can guard Giannis? Man, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, Either you can also slot in Royce O'Neal in that lineup, and he's a he's an average defensive know. player too. So if you're looking for more size in the perimeter, then if Curry's not having a great game, then you put Royce O'Neal in there. Yeah, Curry is uh, expendable in this in this closing lineup, right? Like the main. Obviously, we know the main three. Between Durant, Irving, and Simmons, those three are for sure closing out games. Now, if you got to go big, if you're playing a guy against guys like Milwaukee with Brook Lopez and Giannis, you're probably going to want to play uh, Claxton. Same thing with Philly. But if you're playing a team like uh, Toronto, where Pascal or Scotty Barnes is your closing five, I just run Simmons out there. Why do you need to play big? It's not that you need to play big. It's just they they don't have a good balance of players that play both offensive and defensive on the both sides of the ball. Like I don't think Seth Curry, Kyrie and Joe Harris all on the court together in the closing minutes is a good situation. And again, this is besides the point. Like I think there's so many question marks about this team that taking over 50 wins is a risk. (laughs) I'm just tired of talking about the off the court stuff. So it is interesting to actually look at their real lineup and be like, how can this work? You know, Uh, but you can't look at the Nets without going off the court, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst part. Like, we yeah, can talk about it all we want, but inevitably it really relies on whether Ben Simmons is confident enough to go back to basketball and, you know, to play, like, real games. Whether Kyrie shows up to work consistently every day or, like, every other day or whatever he decides. And honestly, how healthy KD is. I hate to say it, but KD hasn't been healthy in a couple of years, like you mentioned, Raj, so... Lots of question marks. You you have to look at the off the court. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks to this team. It'll be fun. I'm just buying in because it'd be fun. It'll be fun to watch their full lineup for five games. Yeah. <laughs> five games. That's all you can give them. All right. I'm glad you took the under, Ugh. Josh. They're going to so start like 5-0. and They're going to look amazing, and then something weird is going to happen. <laughs> That's okay. Because you know what? 5-0 and brings me closer to, to over 50. 50 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets. We're looking at... Da, 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 I I hate to say it, but they lost probably like their second best player in Miles Bridges, and safe to assume that he's not coming back to the league for a, quite a long time, if at all. Uh, they lost Montrez Harrell, and our favorite second round, very last draft pick of ages ago, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> they signed Leangelo Ball. Did anybody know that? Okay, what the hell? I, I did see the clip yesterday of him, or was it yesterday or today, of him shooting an air ball against, was it I Boston? I honestly did not know any of this. Yeah, it was against Boston. <laughs> he I took think. a step back three and it was like 15 feet short. It was pretty funny to watch. Uh, man, uh, I mean, sh- yeah, so they that's not great. They brought oh in Leangelo and Dennis see. Smith Jr. I mean, this team is pretty much the that. same as last year, but without... Second best player, Miles Bridges. So not not the best outlook for the team right now. Uh, we're looking at 36 and a half wins. <laughs> Whew, that's uh, 
Not great, Bob, considering they won 43 last year, Josh. Is Miles Bridges really worth seven wins on his own? Uh, Maybe. I mean, <laughs> they were not that good last year, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they were fun to watch in spurts, obviously. But, you know, them bringing in Leangelo like this is just a telltale sign that, uh, you know, they're just trying to keep LaMelo happy for a little while until they're able to sort of retool their team. Because they're never really going to go through a true rebuild with him on the team, obviously. I don't think he's as good as a lot of people say either. Like, I'm still on that boat. I still don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be elite. I think he's a fake all-star from last year as well. He just isn't that good. Like, he's... He's a pretty decent shooter, I suppose. And he does a lot of things um, off the ball, even on defense. Like, he's okay. He gets steals and such. He does a lot of the flashy stuff. Let me let me read you out his numbers. Last year, he averaged 20.1 points, 7.6 assists, and 6.7 rebounds. Shooting 39% from the three, 46% from the two, with an effective field goal percentage of 51.7%. Which is not good. Those are nice. What? Effective field goal percentage. Usually, I think the average is 55, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, no way it's that it's high. It, I think it is. For a guard? I mean, overall. Let me. Let, come on, man. You're clearly hating on the guy. He's played for two years, and you're labeling him not that good? I just don't believe the hype. Like, when people compared him to John Morant last year, I was like, what are we talking about here? He's not in that elite company. What are we talking about? Yeah, I think if you're making that yeah, comparison, fine. sure. But I don't think he's going to be a top five point guard in the league. I, I just don't see that happening. But could he be a top ten point guard? I think in brief moments of his career, definitely. But um, the, the, the over-under on this is... I'm going to hit the under. Like I think they over-exceeded expectations. This year, the rest of the East got better. Teams made some like better signings. There's more continuity. Uh, and losing Miles Bridges and not replacing him is it's a step backwards for this team. And Leangelo Ball is just there to sell a few tickets. They're probably going to cut him like some point in the, during the season. Um, it's just really to have something to be excited about. Okay, uh, effective field goal average last year was 53.2. So, I mean, he's like 2% off. But he has volume, too. It's not the worst. Yeah. yeah. And it's only going to be a higher volume this year with probably worse percentages, but higher volume, you know? Yeah, he's going to have to run a lot of the offense this year, and they play absolutely no defense. You think their offense is obviously going to go down at least a few um, points, and Mm -hmm. their defense is going to stay in the toilet. So this is a hard under for me. (laughs) Who? um, They fired their coach last year, right? Yeah, that's the other uh, thing we haven't gotten into. Yeah. Why bring him back? It's so weird. I mean, they were supposed <laughs> to bring in um, James Borrego from the Warriors, and he was known as like a player development guy. And he's like the head assistant coach, I believe, like top assistant coach for Steve Kerr. And then I think he was supposed to get the job. He got the offer, and then he looked at the roster, I guess, and what happened with Bridges, and he's like, nah, I'm good here. I'm good with Golden State. I'll stick around. And then after that... No, no, no. Borrego's a guy that yeah, they Borrego's fired. Yeah, guy they fired. Who, was they, who are they supposed to bring in then? There was a guy who said no. I don't no. know. Mark Jackson. <laughs> no. It's bad when Mark Jackson <laughs> says no. <laughs> no, I'm not sure who you're talking about, but uh, 
bringing back Steve Clifford is not a good yeah. idea. This is a team that could end up getting Clint Capella at some point in the season um, if Atlanta is ready to move on because they've never fixed their center and front court issues ever. Yeah, they got, they got Mason Pumley. Oh, classic. 32-year-old Mason Pumley. He's going to play like 32 minutes a game. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can yeah, definitely see them making like a team. panic trade with Hayward as well. You know, with him having, I think, one year left on his contract and them trying to bring in immediate help. I could try to, I could see them like trading him for a player of near that caliber who has a longer contract. <laughs> and then just looking at that trade, like, what was the point in this? You know, you're not going to get that much better. Just... So they're definitely a candidate for a panic trade for sure, too. And this team is just going nowhere. <laughs> I, I like the way you put that, a panic trade. I like that. That's good. Yeah, they're, they're uh, just a hard under for everybody. Can we move on to some more, like, oddly depressing news from the Chicago Bulls who, uh, I mean, did they really do anything this offseason either? No, not really. not really. They brought in Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. That's oh, my God. Pretty much it. But the most important thing that we learned about the Chicago Bulls is apparently Lonzo Ball still cannot walk up and down stairs without pain in his knees. Dude, if that's the case, Lonzo's not playing un- until at least the All-Star break, if not longer. Brandon Roy. <laughs> like, that is, Brandon Roy. That is rough, man. Yeah, so Chicago's over-under is 42 and a half. And oh, under. Whew, under. With, I'm going to jump, yeah, jump in on this. This is so... Ooh. This is juicy. Um, this team <laughs> overperformed last year. Uh, in a year where in the East, I don't think anyone really took a hold, and they were limping into the playoffs and not bringing up Lonzo's limp, but... Um, Lonzo is a big part of their offense in terms of kind of running, running the show and probably one of their best defensive backcourt players. And, uh, they have a few nice players individually. They'll have some good highlights, I'm sure. But, uh, you can't expect the lineup, uh, Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine and, uh, Patrick Williams, and then literally no one else to carry the team forward um and again the team has talent but like overall as a cohesive unit there's so many question marks that this is a hard under i do disagree with one point i don't think that they overperformed last year i think they performed at the level that a lot of people were expecting based on what happened over the course of the regular season it sort of evened out you know yeah because when they were healthy they were at top i think they're mm. the first seed in the east right like they had Caruso. At one point, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. had Caruso, Lonzo Ball in the backcourt. Like yeah, they were phenomenal defensively. I think they were top 10 or top 5 on defense when those guys played. Yeah. But again, the problem is they don't play. And now with no point guard on the team, are they going to try and overextend Caruso again and have him play 25 minutes? Because his 25 minutes are like anybody else's 35 to 40 minutes because he tries really really hard (laughs) and the wear and tear on his body over the course of the regular season is like anybody else playing a multitude more of games right so they're gonna have to figure out what to do with him and that's why the lakers like played it smart with him like they played him 20 minutes a game in the regular season and then come playoff time they played him 25 to 30 minutes a game you gotta save that guy's body because he plays so freaking hard especially on defense yeah and yeah i just i don't see how they're gonna be able to win 43 plus games 
unless Vucevic goes back to being Orlando Vucevic and can start shooting again. And Patrick Williams breaks out, which I guess could happen, but it's unlikely when you already have two star players on the team. The likelihood of Patrick Williams breaking out is way higher than Vucevic going back to being a moderate three-point shooter. You never know. Like, Vucevic was good as a three-point shooter for one year and has just ridden that I, reputation. But, like, the guy's not a good shooter. No, nah, I, I, he's just I'd not. I'd like differ. I think the chances of him becoming a better shooter are higher than Patrick Williams breaking out this year. I'm not saying they're going to happen. I just think the chances are higher. He's got a point. Because honestly, when you watch the Bulls last year, he got a lot of open looks. Like, when he was picking and rolling with Levine and DeRozan, like, Vucevic was wide open a lot of these looks. And again, going back to the Patrick Williams thing, it's hard to see him breaking out when he's, like, the fifth guy, you know? You know, you know how, how good he was of a shooter last year when he had all these open 31%. looks? 31%. Yeah, I have yeah, him on my fantasy point. team. <laughs> yeah, that's why your fantasy team lost. Exactly. Right? It's all Vucevic's part. <clears throat> he had one hot year, the year that he was traded to Chicago, but before that, low 30s shooter. Low to mid at most. 36 was his highest point before that year. He's not he's not a shooter, man. He's You can just tell us some guys are shooters, some guys aren't. He's one of those guys that's like just he, more effective from like 18 to 20 feet. I'm sure if you looked at his stats, I'm sure from like 18 to 20 feet or like 15 to 22 feet, whatever you want to say, in the mid-range area, he's probably like shooting 45 to 50 percent but because it's a new age they have him standing outside the line and it's it's not a good shot for him it's, it's not even that it's a new age it's because demar has to eat up that mid-range space you can't have Vucevic clogging that space yeah 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 hard hard under for chicago unfortunately man i, I hope zoe can come back at some point man zoe is so fun to watch when he's healthy like yeah it's not it's happening unfortunately shame. i think he like raj said might just be done yeah. Done, done. Dun, 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 dun. When you have this many surgeries in a row, especially when it comes to the knees, like, it's not a good sign. Yeah. No, it is not. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit happier, I guess. Let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers guys who just swooped in and grabbed Donovan Mitchell out of the Knicks' palm. They had that trade lined up, and the Cavaliers just got in there, and they were like, hey, if they're not going to give up R.J. Barrett, let, let me give you Laurie Markkinen instead. <laughs> Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, gone for Donovan Mitchell, and, you know, a, a slew of other guys. But, like, those are the two major names. Uh, the Cavaliers also brought in Ricky Rubio, Rahul Neto, of course, and apparently Robin Lopez, which I don't know if you guys knew about, but I certainly did not know about. I mean, with a backcourt like this, they're projecting the Cavaliers to have 47 and a half wins. That's it's kind of high. It's kind of high. I'm, I'm I'm wavering. I'm thinking like 46 to 47, 46, 48, you know, but I I need you guys to convince me one way or the other at this point. I, I, I can't tell which way to go, Josh. I am going to take the over. Um, they were the surprise team of last year, and they had a lot of injuries over the course of the season. Um, and, you know, this backcourt is going to be phenomenal throughout the course of the regular season. I think they're going to fit really well. I think they're going to be, you know, McCollum and Lillard 2.0, essentially. Um, they may not be as good right away, obviously, but, you know, both guys, I mean, Mitchell's entering his prime, obviously. Garland's 
not quite there yet, but he was phenomenal last year. And having those two big guys back there just worked last year. So you've seen the evidence that it can definitely work. And despite having a small backcourt, you have the two guys to back them up in the paint. And a lot of the times in the regular season, that's what matters, right? Like paint points are huge, obviously. And if you can limit that throughout the course of the regular season, you're going to win a lot of games. And obviously with the offensive firepower now, and not just having to rely on Garland, that's going to be huge for them. Um, obviously, the biggest down point of their lineup is the, the three-man. So the small forward position and what they're going to do with that. But we can get into that now. Yeah, I don't have the answer for what Cleveland's going to do with the three. But interestingly enough, I think if you look at the league and which player plays somewhat similar to Donovan Mitchell, I would argue that it's Karis LeVert to a degree. Uh, in terms of like, they're both like, smaller twos um they both very ball dominant they don't really involve others in offense they kind of play a lot of iso ball and um obviously they have a lot more depth and scoring in the backcourt now with donovan mitchell and i think you have two players that are very happy with having defensive roles in mobley and allen so they have that balance and i think the the, the key thing for cleveland is they're going to prioritize winning in the regular season. They're going to be a team that's going to hope to get a top four seed in the East. So I, I'm going to say the over as well, uh, just because they're going to put so much emphasis on having a good season, making the playoffs. Um, and then that's considered a win. I don't think they're looking to have a deep playoff run. And as Josh mentioned, their three depth is non-existent and, um, an injury could really decimate their chances. Like they're not the deepest team and we don't know their style yet. Dean Wade. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> See, I disagree on no, one point. I, I think that we, they do have a style. I think that they do have an identity and that is their defense, right? Oh, like yeah. it worked last yeah. year. And like I said, they had a lot of injuries last year and they won 44 games. So what's a couple more games when you brought in Donovan Mitchell and you have Evan Mobley, who's going to be better this upcoming season. But, and you would think that J- Jared Allen's going to play more. But, like, Donovan Mitchell doesn't fit into that identity at all. And they played a lot of team basketball last year, and Donovan Mitchell doesn't fit into that entirely as well. Um, like, he's really, like, in my opinion, he's like an upgraded Karis Levert. And they're almost. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. Donovan, that's such an no, insult. but Donovan Mitchell, like again, Donovan Mitchell played, like he played well, but he also was the focal point of Utah. Like he was such a volume player, and Utah won like sixty plus games because they, yeah, exactly. But he they they had a whole system around him, which is great, and you could argue that Cleveland can have just as an effective of a system, not with Rudy Gobert, but with two good defensive players. But I still think. Overall, the Cavs, I, I think they're going to be better this year. I just don't know how well that Donovan Mitchell fits into that team as like a, like a, like a group and how well they play well together. I think you're hating on Donovan Mitchell like I was <laughs> hating on LaMelo Ball before, but no, at, no, at least I, we've seen it with Donovan Mitchell in the yeah. playoffs. He's a guy that can like play off the ball too. Like He's a really good shooter. So I don't think he's as selfish as you as you claim. I think you're sort of getting you know caught up in the Donovan Mitchell hatred over the course of the playoffs last year. 
And I think he's going to be better this year. I think he's heard all the, the nonsense and all the noise. And I think that, you know, Cleveland has a system in place where he has to try on defense. And I think we're going to see that this year. We'll see. Yeah. The the issue with Donovan is last year is sort of a write-off, right? Like, I think that the, the, the chemistry in Utah was so broken last year that there was no recovering. And once you hit that point, for most players, they're, they're just checked out, right? Like, why am I going to bother hooking up Rudy? What's the point? You know what I mean? He, he, like, he seemed checked out for like a good portion of last year. Not like not engaged in the game, but just didn't buy into the team anymore. But before that, Donovan was in. Like Once he's in, he's in. And judging from the reports, it seems like as soon as he was traded to Cleveland, he hopped on that plane and went straight to like join them on whatever like vacation they were all on together. So, I don't know. I don't mind it. I kind of like it. Uh, let's move on. I think we're all going over on that one, by the way, just to get that clear. Let's go move on to my Detroit Pistons, Josh. We're looking at bringing in uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Jaden Ivey they drafted, so that's that's pretty nice. Kevin Knox, hooray. Kemba Walker, eh. Nerlens, eh. They got rid of Kelly Olenek, Jeremy Grant's gone, so that contract is out of there. But realistically, we're relying on Cade Cunningham, you know, improving every year, right? And Raj, our former favorite draft pick, Marvin Bagley. So we're, <laughs> we're looking at an over-under of 29.5. I can't be unbiased here. I'm going over. I, I think Cade's really nice bringing him <laughs> over. 31, Josh. 31. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree, Peter. Nice and simple. They just don't have enough talent on this team. I think it'll be a great year for Cade because he'll, again, have the keys to the franchise. We'll really get to see if Killian Hayes can work with Cade uh, this year. I don't see it nah. working. No. We'll, we'll, oh, no. man. We'll, Killian's going to be out of the league in like a year, exactly. man. <laughs> Sorry, yep. dude. But they don't have enough talent um, to, to put up 30 wins. I'm going under. I think they win 25, 26. Whoa, that's low. I agree with Raj. Um, Whoa. With a team like this, you have to go in one direction or the other come midseason, right? So come like the trade deadline when they're way out of the playoff picture, or maybe they can see like the 10th seed. How are they going to go for it? You know, like I think at that point, you sort of make the decision to try to trade Boyan and try to get a first round pick back for him. And then you try to, you know, semi tank the rest of the year. Because I understand like trying to get these guys in the playoffs as quickly as you can, get them to some experience so they grow quicker. But th- like Raj said, like they don't have the team for it yet, right? Like Who's starting at the two for them? We don't know yet. Uh, Hamadou Diallo. Ooh. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Alec <job>. Burks. <laughs> I honestly think we'll be able to tell the over-under based on who they start come game one of the regular season. Because I think they're going to ultimately start Ivy. And that's going to be a telltale sign they that they're going to go the young route. But they have, uh, what's his name? Dwayne Casey as their coach. So you never know, that's man. Like three wins against the you Raptors. You never know. The... Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, they're going to sweep the funny. Raptors again, 100%. <laughs> Guaranteed. That's pretty good. But like, realistically, Dwayne Casey has uh, not followed the game plan for the Raptors, as we all saw, for a lot of that development. So who knows? I'm just saying, who knows? He might just send a bunch of these guys to the G League again like they did with Pascal and Fred all those years. We'll see. Yeah, there's a, 
there's a few things you can count on in life. There's death, there's taxes, and there's the Pistons beating the Raptors in the regular season with Dwayne Case as their head coach. So that's another it's thing. Two you wins, count boy. On. It's two wins. I like it. But all right, uh, let's uh, let's go through this team really quickly here. The next tanking team that we want to just scroll right by the Indiana Pacers got rid of Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, they got rid of T.J. Warren. I mean, they brought in Aaron Neesmith. Dude, you know James Johnson is on this team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that? I'm good just, for him. Yeah. This is him. this this is probably <laughs> the worst NBA roster. No, uh, no, 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 no. I oh, no, the San Antonio no. Spurs beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, the well, Spurs for sure. C- c- maybe I'm looking at <laughs> them losing Turner and Buddy Yield for all it's worth. Um, and getting a few that hasn't Wait, happened yet, there. though. But 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 Turner's still there. I like I actually can struggle to name more than two players that would start on at least fifty percent of the teams. I mean, I, I although I agree with you, the Spurs have zero players that would start <laughs> on any other team, <laughs> including the Pacers. Like it's it's Miles Turner and Anyways, Tyrese Halliburton. Those are the only two players that would start on at least fifty percent of the team. Everyone else is like no, a hard no. Raj, this is easily the second worst team in the league after okay, the Spurs. Sure. That's all I'm One saying. One of the worst. How about this? Worse than the East. Yeah. How many? What's their win total? Yeah. Under twenty three and a half. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. It's going to be under because they're they're going to try to move Turner and Healed right. Like, you would no think so, but they've been talking around. about t- moving Turner for like four years now, so who knows? <laughs> Yo, Tur- Miles Turner has to be that like prototypical big who fits in all the boxes of what everyone wants, but just like will never achieve his uh, ceiling. What's the word I'm looking for? Pro- the ceiling. Sorry. Yeah. It, it, yeah. He'll never live up to the potential. I think the main the main That's issue with shipping him is they don't have a destination or a flight to get all of his Lego sets to the the next destination i think that's the issue but um this is too much time for the indiana pacers i refuse to talk about them for the rest of the season unless it's the trade (laughs) (laughs) my god josh can we get your over under here just quickly it's going to be an under and i do agree they are going to find a trade partner (laughs) for these guys for sure and there's not a lot to like on this roster but i will say one thing I do like Matherin. He's a Canadian kid. He's from Montreal. So he's one guy at least you can cheer for and hope for, hey. for good things on this team. Hey. Yo, you can cheer for uh, you can cheer for Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese is fun. He's fun. I just don't like his shot. It's just ugly. Yeah, it's it's janky. Yeah. TJ McConnell, fun. Yeah. Try hard. <laughs> Yeah, of course he is. He's like Alex Caruso. Let's move on. <laughs> the Miami Heat guys, let's I mean, this is basically the exact same team, except the, that Markeith Morris isn't around anymore, right? I don't think there was much action with this team. PJ Tucker. Offseason. Oh, PJ, PJ Tucker is gone. Oh, and they drafted our boy Nikola Jovic. That won't be confusing whenever they play each other. And obviously, they re-signed uh, veteran Udonis Haslam. Forty-eight and a half wins. The the story with Miami is going to be the exact same thing. They have like one of the best teams structurally. I'm going over. They hit 53 last year. I don't see why they wouldn't get over 48 and a half. Yeah, I'm going over too. I think uh, they'll probably hit 51's top four seed pushing. Um, they just have a good system, good coaching, good continuity. Uh, and Jovic is nice. I think he's going to have a good year. 
Uh, I think he'll play a good amount. I think in the G League. <laughs> no, he's yeah. Maybe nah, he'll play. <laughs> no, he won't. Are you crazy? He'll play. Yo, he, at this rate, he might be a better shooter than Duncan Robinson is. <laughs> Punk ass. I think uh, Jimmy Butler's gonna ruin that guy in practice, so he's not gonna play this year. But you know, Jovic. Yo, yeah. he's Serbian, man. He's too Yo, skinny. He's Serbian. He's too skinny. No, man. These yo don't count out these Eastern Bloc guys, man. <laughs> Eastern promises, but uh, yeah, like <laughs> uh, their starting lineup sort of gets me though. They're gonna be starting Caleb Martin most likely, and he's he's all right. And you know the the Heat had a lot of injuries last year, so winning that many games is just a you know it's just a testament to their overall identity and what they do every year. So I think they are gonna go over slightly. I really wanted to take the under. But just based on the amount of injuries, I, like I looked into their games played last year, it was not good, and they still won fifty three yeah. games. But this year is going to be the year where they're going to be out in the first round, and then they're going to have to ask themselves some questions. Also, Tyler Hero yeah, signed like, for four years, one thirty today. Woo. What do we think about this? Woo. Tyler got paid, boy. He just, he just, I mean, were we really expecting him to not yeah, get he paid? He was going to get paid, and he has mouth feed now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Like how you threw that in there. His baby mama has uh, another one on the way. Good. Oh, damn. How much was it? 130 for yeah, over four? Yeah, it's like what? Yeah. 30 Ooh. some. 30 some. 30 and a half a year? Yeah. 32 and a half. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, That's big. That's. Uh... And is he going to start this year? Nah. Maybe. You would he think might... so. At the yeah, two? He might start from at the two. I don't know if he starts, but he'll come in early. Like, I, I think he'll do what he did last year, right? Like, you start Robinson or Struess, and then you just have Hero come in after, like, four or five minutes. Yeah, but usually there's an expectation when you sign that kind of a contract, right? Like, there's probably, you know, something promised to him either way when you sign a deal yeah, like that. True. So either you're going to be like Ginobili and accept your six-man role, or you're going to be like, all right, I'm starting this year. And then you can't start the other guy. Like, you can't start Struess. Unless Jimmy Butler, who says he doesn't want to play the four, actually plays the four. Can Struess play the four? No. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a little weak, but uh, he's tall. No, he can't <laughs> play the four. All right, fine. All right, let's move on. The Milwaukee Bucks, guys. Uh, I mean, we know what the Milwaukee Bucks are every year. They're Giannis <laughs> and friends. So, uh, <laughs> what is that? Am I wrong no. here? Uh, like I said. Sorry, Josh, did you say Miami over or under? Slide over. 40, 40 and a half. Okay. So Milwaukee Bucks, uh, same as always. I mean, Drew Holiday's back. Uh, Chris Middleton is hopefully healthy fine, Like after that playoff run. Giannis is Giannis. 52 and a half wins. I think we can... Yeah, I'm, I'm going over on that. I don't see why not. Last year they had 51 wins. We know what the Bucks are. They're going to have the most continuity out of all these teams. The least drama out of all these teams, easy easy run. Yeah, this is a, an over for me. I think the fact that they're not the defending champs this year has a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They're going to know the value of coming top two seed in the East. I think Giannis is obviously Giannis, and I think he's going to have another big year and having Brooke Lopez hopefully playing a majority of the games in the regular season will just help with their defense. They are really thin on the bench, though, and the Middleton thing sort of worries me, too. So I'm going to go slight under on this one. 
And uh, yeah, they're just a really old team too. So you'd expect a lot of injuries over the course of the year. A lot of unproven guys on the bench. Joe Ingles is actually on this team now too. So maybe he comes back in January and becomes a piece for them. Um, but overall, I think they're too old and regular season, they don't really care about anyway. So let's go over under, sorry. But they kept Serge Ibaka. I think Serge might be a corpse at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, unrelated to all of this, I found Serge Ibaka on TikTok randomly. <laughs> like I was just scrolling and, he saw, and I came across it. And this dude is like posting his uh, like face care routines. So it's some weird stuff, man. I'm gonna send it to you guys later to watch. But uh, Serge's, Serge's an interesting one. He does have least. great looking skin, so I might be interested in that actually. Mm. Yeah, first step: be African, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's tough for me. It's gonna be a tough one for me. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you that way. Damn. All right, let's move on. Uh, the New York Knicks obviously signed major move Jalen Brunson this offseason. Uh, they brought in oh Svima Hyluk, Josh, our guy. Oh wow! Lost Alec Burks, Taj Gibson, who's still around in the league somehow. Nerlens Noel and Kemba. Who cares about those guys? Thirty-nine and a half wins, guys. We're looking at under five hundred for this team. Raj. Under, under, under. Like uh, obviously Jalen Brunson's the key acquisition this year. He'll be nice. He'll fit in. But uh, to expect R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Brunson to get 40 wins, a hard no. Like, uh, they just don't have enough talent. And uh, I think Tom Thibodeau is going to be pulling all those little strands of hair he has left on his head. (laughs) Yeah, this one is also a really tough one for me. I'm going to go slight over because I actually sort of like their depth off the bench. I think that's going to carry them through the course of the regular season. And, you know, Thibodeau gets the best out of his guys in the regular season. Like, he plays them a ton of minutes. Like, all these guys are going to be playing 38 minutes a game. And they're going to play defense. And I like their bench a lot. They brought in Hardenstein. Um, they got Quentin Grimes, who had a really good summer league. I think he's going to break out in his second year. And they still have Derek Rose off the bench as well, who's a forgotten name, but he's still there somewhere. Toppin had a really good second half of the year. So I, I really like their bench. Hey. And that's the reason why I'm going to take the slide over. Derek Rose uh, lost like 20 pounds or something and did media day shirtless. So uh, I'm in on this Derek uh, Rose. Unless experience. he has a time machine, like it's not happening. <laughs> nah, man. The most important thing for the Knicks, I think, was last year was like a hard reality check on them. So I think that they're coming into this year with a di- like a different mindset. You know what I mean? And to back up your point, Josh, with a Tibbs team going in with like a good mindset, ooh. Julius Randle is going to be playing 38 minutes. RJ Barrett with a new contract is going to be playing 42 and good defense. I'm in. I can buy that over. Not for like more than a 500 team, but like hovering around a 500 team. Just quickly to compare situations between Detroit and New York. I think one of the position battles that will tell us a lot about New York on the first game of the year is the battle between Derrick Rose and the young guys, right? Like he's competing for minutes against both Quickly and Quentin Grimes. So who's going to take those minutes? You would think with Thibodeau, it's going to be Rose, but we'll see. It's going to be Grimes, man. Frank Grimes coming up <laughs> from the dead, I think. <laughs> nice throwback. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, the Orlando Magic at 26 and a half. Pulled a fast one on everybody on draft night and drafted Paolo Bancaro. Bancaro? You got it right. Chero? Chero? Bancaro. Uh, obviously, we signed a bunch of their guys. 
I don't know, lost Robin Williams. This is a, obviously a rebuilding. Robin game, Williams. Because they got the first. Oh, Robin, Robin Lopez. Oh, my bad. goodness. Wow. R.I.P., man. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, a lot, of, a lot of throwback names, apparently. 26 and a half wins for the Magic. I'm going under, man. Paolo Bencaro is not going to lead them to more than 26 wins. Not with Jonathan Isaac coming back and ruining the chemistry on this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they won 22 games last year, and they brought back essentially the same team. They've already had some injuries so far to some of their vets. So I think they're going to be fun to watch this year, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go slight under. Yeah, I think they're going to hover exactly at 25 wins again this year. So under, again, fun to watch. I think this year it'll be interesting to see what moves they make compared to Detroit Um, because I think those two teams are more or less in similar situations, although I like Orlando's overall depth a bit more than Detroit's. I mean, for Orlando, it's just like a rebuilding, like not a rebuilding, sorry, like a development it's been year, developing. right? Like your your focus, but now like you actually have promise now. You have Bencaro, you have Suggs, you have Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony could still be a player. Chuma Okiki showed a lot of potential RJ last Hampton year. Hampton, if he's healthy. Wendell Carter Jr. could actually be a yeah. player. I think this year, yeah, they just like have the, a, the magic. Huh? They have a ton of guys who need minutes, right? Like they have Suggs, yeah. they have Markel Fultz. And they have Cole Anthony, a point guard. Plus, RJ Hampton wants to play minutes at guard, too. So they just got a lot of stuff to figure out. Yeah, they're they're pretty much a poor man's Atlanta Hawks from last year. Um, and I think this year they'll probably end up trading a few pieces and maybe get a, a star for a team that's looking for some depth. But not a star, but a, a more defined player. But I don't think they're going to figure it out this year. They're not going to be pushing for anything serious. I'm, I'm going with 25 wins. Mm. Yeah, they got Bull Bull, man. They don't need a star. Bull Bull is their star. <laughs> also, uh, low-key, but I kind of like keeping Terrence Ross and Gary Harris as, like, veterans. Just saying. Not very many ver- not many veterans in the league anymore, so just keeping these guys around is kind of nice. Just quickly, Wendell Carter Jr. said that Bull Bull is the best shooter on the team, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. <laughs> you know, that's great. <laughs> All right, let's move on indeed. The Philadelphia 76ers are apparently riding James Harden, who said that he lost 100 pounds. Obviously a joke, but tweet that, Josh. 100 pounds. Uh, We're looking at losing... (laughs) Listen to this veteran lineup that they lost. Danny Green, DeAndre Jordan, and Paul Millsap. Woo! That's rough. They shaved 100 years of experience (laughs) off the roster. Uh, they brought in Montrez Harrell, who's a decent bench player, Daniel House, DeAnthony Melton, and P.J. Tucker. They're basically rebuilding the Houston Rockets of a few years ago. We're looking at an over-under of 50 and a half. I'm going over. I like I like motivated Embiid. I like uh, Houston lined up around him that is just full of shooters and gives him space. I'm in on this. I'll take the over on that. Yeah, I'm going to jump in. I like this. I like the offseason moves they made, especially given the players they dropped. Um, I think Danny Green overlapped a lot with uh, um, Matisse Thybulle, so I think this is his year to at least establish a bit more of a presence. Um, And then you have, obviously, Daniel House Jr., who um, will provide spacing. P.J. Tucker, proven playoff experience, gives you a bit of toughness. 
um, some depth for Embiid if he wants to sit out. He just played the five before. Uh, and then adding Harold too, like he didn't have a great year in Charlotte. Um, and I think this, in this situation, I think this is an ideal situation for him to go play. It's, he's going to get an opportunity to, to back up and, uh, to get some valuable stats. And overall, I think this team with some continuity, no more question marks about Ben Simmons. I think the big question mark is Doc Rivers, but it is what it is. They'll probably get 52 wins. I mean, this seems like the biggest question mark is obviously Harden, right? And honestly, there is way too much optimism for a team that completely flamed out in the second round the exact same way they have over the course of the last how many years? None. No, 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 Josh, stop. We are talking about the regular yeah, season. Stop, Josh. Who the hell cares about the playoff record here? Come on, you just need these guys focused for 82. Not even focused. You just need to have them on a decent level for 82. That's it. And and also Maxi's gonna have a big year this year. I think this is his year where he's really gonna have a bit more of a say on offense. Like obviously it's still Harden and Embiid's team, but I can definitely see it Maxi really leveling up to becoming the third star. Um, and they're gonna say Ben, who you both are hypocrites because you guys both said the Phoenix Suns are gonna be under this year because of what happened in the playoffs last year. And now you're using that exact same logic. No, 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 no. Yes. No, that's not this what I said. Ha- Raj said that. I didn't say that about the Suns. Okay. I said the Suns are going under because DeAndre Ayton hates the, everybody on the team or hates their coach. <laughs> and and I'm I, I'm saying the Phoenix Suns are going to realize that winning all those games in the regular season at the expense of tiring out Chris Ball and making his hamstrings more bum is not going to be worth it. So I think they're going to look to develop different ways of there's always one team in the east or at least one team in the east at the top of the east that has issues in the regular season and i'm going to predict that philadelphia is going to be that team between joel Embiid's injury history he played the most games he's ever played last year at 68 maybe and usually he's in like the 40 to 60 range so if that happens again james harden comes in still fat you know looking five levels below like he did four years ago this team just, eh, I'm bored of them. Under. Wow. That's, uh, you just hate Harden. That's fine. I do. Like, we all know this. <laughs> it's so obvious that you just don't like James Fakest Harden. Fakest superstar in NBA history. Probably. Doesn't mean that he's not going to help them get to 50 and a half wins. Nah. He's going to go, he's going to find some strip clubs where- down there. That's even better. He needs the strip clubs. That's the problem. He couldn't find any in Brooklyn. He's yeah. dehydrated. Exactly. <laughs> There's is real out here, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, well, let's talk about a team that uh, you both love and hate at the same time, most likely. The Toronto Raptors. Uh, I mean, is there much to say about this team? I don't think they did too much this offseason, right? We're talking about a lot of internal development. Who did they bring in? We're, we're talking about losing Juan Nabe. Otto Porter. Oh, yeah, sorry. They lost Utah. Who? Otto. Oh, Otto Porter Jr., you're right. Uh, Josh Jackson is apparently on this team? Whoa. I did not realize yeah. that. And, uh, Are yeah, you excited uh, now, Peter? Netflix superstar. No, but Netflix superstar Bo Cruz 
Juancho Hernan Gomez. Eurobasket Finals MVP on this team. So the Raptors are <laughs> looking at 45 and a half wins. Last year they had 48. I'm going over. I don't see why they would regress. I don't think the East is that much better than it was last year, if it is. So, they won 48 yeah. games last year? Can you believe 48? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> J- Josh is pretending like he doesn't know and he doesn't have it tattooed on his chest. Imagine tattooing 48 wins. <laughs> oh, sad stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm going over. I don't see why they would regress. Logically, it doesn't make any sense in my mind. Pass out is going to be better. Scotty is obviously better, or we're hoping is going to be better. Fred's hopefully going to be healthier. Uh, I got a lot of hope from my boy Malachi Flynn. Yeah. Oh, my. We coming. He's going to be joining. We coming. Malachi's going to be nice this year, man. All right. Josh, are you taking over or under? Let's go. Let's hear I, it. I, will, All the I have to take this 60, over. 60 I'm, I'm not going 60. But I'm going to take the slide over. I think they'll win between 48 and 50 games. Um, the Malachi Flynn situation interests me. I'm interested to see if they actually play him or if they're just going to play Barnes at the backup point guard. But overall, this team is sort of like going back to the whole New York thing. Their coach loves playing their guys in the regular season. And when you play your best players a lot in the regular season, you win games. So that is what's going mm-hmm. to happen. But the biggest storyline this year with them is Gary Trent Jr., right? Because he's going into a you know a potential contract season. He's probably going to opt out of his contract. And will they do the same thing that they did with Norman Powell now with Gary Trent Jr.? It is different because Gary Trent Jr. is a lot younger than Norman Powell was when they traded him. But yep. if they think he's going to opt out and then get a bag somewhere for $25 million somewhere else, they're going to have to trade him at the trade deadline, you would think. And to be honest, he could easily get the bag. He can, If Tyler Hero can get $32.5 million, Gary Trent can easily get $25. No doubt about it. Yeah, and I don't think the Raptors want to lock up their money like that. But um, again, continuity is working in their favor. They actually have pretty good starting five talent. I think their depth took a bit of a hit this year. That's not possible. Um, <laughs> like I, I think they have good. Yeah, their how, depth how, was how terrible last well, year. Last. I I don't think I sorry not took a hit, but I still think their depth yeah. is not the best because the players they're they're bringing in haven't played in the system. Um, and uh, can you rely like again, Josh Jackson? Hernan Gomez, um, Otto Porter Jr., like how effective are they going to be in Nick Nurse's system? How much are they going to provide offensively? How healthy is uh, Fred Van Vliet? I think there's some question marks about this team. Uh, But I would say just because of continuity, I'd give them 46 wins, 6 seed in the East. Maybe not 6 seed, but 46, I can believe that. Also, they have Thaddeus Young for the year. I'm just saying, Thaddeus Young. Good player. Good, well-rounded NBA veteran. I think they have enough guys off the bench for the course of the regular season now, honestly. You got Thaddeus Young, Chris Boucher, Precious Achua, and who am I for? Otto Porter. That's... Yeah. Well, no, Precious is going to no, start. No, 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 no. Siakam's starting. Siakam. So starting at the five, then. That's what they did at the end of ben the year. Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Barnes, Siakam. Yep. Yep. Again, we'll who in the East do they have to worry about as a five other than Embiid 
or Giannis or uh, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I, I, I just think offensively their depth is that's a bit true. short. But Yo, let's just finish this. Pascal's going to be Pascal's aiming to be a top five player, guys. Let's just remember that. <laughs> yeah, let's round this out with the powerhouse, like you said, Raj. Washington Wizards. Ugh. I've never said those words before, and they'll never happen again. <laughs> We've lost Thomas Bryant, KCP, Tomas Sadoransky, Ish Smith, brought in Will Barton, my boy, uh, Taj Gibson. I told you he was still in the league. Wow, Makur Makare? Did you know he was a player? Thon Makare's brother? I'm assuming. That's all I Undrafted. Wow. Oh. Six times only. <laughs> only. You could have told me anything My- there, I would have believed it. If you said he was seven foot yeah, five, like, I'd be like, yeah. Five ten. Sure. <laughs> five ten, maybe. <laughs> uh, Monte Morris and Delon Wright. So we're looking at an over under of thirty five and a half wins for this just odd mix of Washington Wizards. Uh, Raj. I want to ask you, how good is Ruby going to be this year now that he's in a contract year? Oh, he's going to be averaging a double-double. <laughs> Off the bench, huh? I'm kidding. No, I, no, I, I think Ruby will probably average somewhere between like 11 and 12 points. And like <laughs> yeah, true star right there. <laughs> he is once he gets his chance. The Raptors would be lucky to have him. I mean, they would probably turn him into something good. The fact Given that he's still a bench player on this team is very funny to me. Just because of how you talk him up. Hey, he had his own issues. Do we even know no, what those well, issues were? He is a... No, it never came out. I all I know is, if we're looking at his last uh, preseason game <laughs> in Japan, in his hometown, if he brings that energy, he got a double-double. That might be his stats. best line all season. Woo. I like the optimism. Maybe that was Maybe. his personal issue. Maybe he was stuck in Japan last year. They weren't letting anyone in or out, man. Exactly. COVID. Still a thing. Maybe he needs Maybe. to play in Japan in order to play well. So maybe his course, best course of action is to leave the NBA and just return to Japan. No, nah, man. No, no. He, he, he got to have at least one NBA title, <laughs> one MVP, and one... Uh... <laughs> oh Bring him to the Raptors, right, man. Um, they're going to hit the under... Guys, I, I, I just want to get to bed. This is the perfect way to end this. Under. I think I chose so many unders, but um, I'm taking the under in this. Yes. does not like the East. <laughs> the East is actually really fucking good this year, too, well, which what's is crazy. What's like besides But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will also take the under because this is, like, the most average-looking treadmill team. They're starting Monte Morris. I mean, come on. Hey, 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 hey. Monte Morris is nice. All right. He's all right. Also, they won, they won thirty-five games last year. Let me just remind you, and that was without Bradley Beal for like half a year. They also started like ten and zero, and then they went like twenty-five and this whatever. Is also true. Like uh, fifty. This is also true. But uh, man, thirty-five. They're not going to yeah. start ten and zero, and they're going to end up with like and their their star players like are some of the most injury prone players in the NBA. So under wait, they have multiple star players. Kristaps Porzingis. Well, yeah. Ah, they're they're originally no. unicorn. Rui, Jenny <laughs> Avdia. 
<laughs> Danny. <laughs> Not even Danny. Danny. <laughs> Danny Targaryen. Abdi. <laughs> oh, man. That's a lot of unders for the Washington Wizards, all three of us. All right, guys. That's it. Good job, everybody. I think uh, hopefully we'll fare better than last year. Hopefully I'll fare better than last year because I was under 50%. But I'm confident, man. Watch. The Sacramento Kings are going to the play-in tournament. And who was my big hit for the East? Oh, I said Detroit Pistons over 29 and a half. Jesus Christ. Bad mistake. That's that's rough. Yeah, that one's going to be rough. Woo, hot dog. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on rate and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes. Give us those comments, give us those five-star reviews. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at hoopscornerpod. And until next time, peace.